0: Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Cut the Shit.
1: A podcast that aims to expose the IT industry, both the good and the bad. You're probably wondering, am I listening to the right podcast? Don't worry, this really is Cut the Shit. We're just switching things up a little bit this week. My name's Talia Domenico. And I'm Emily Starnes. We're your producers of the podcast and this week's hosts of Cut the Shit. This week, we're going to be talking about non-technical roles in the tech industry, the gender gap that exists within the industry, and ways we can decrease that gap. And lastly, we'll wrap up today's episode with a fun game of Would You Rather. Now, let's cut the shit and get to straight talking.
0: All right. Well, before we get into the main bulk of this episode, I kind of wanted to talk about this poll that I had put out on my personal LinkedIn, and I know that you had reshared it on uh, the companies. Or
1: cut the shit. Cut so the shit. Think? Twitter. oh cut the shit's twitter at cut the shit underscore pod
0: yeah if you're looking Check for some <laughs> if you're looking for some good tech memes yes find all them the tech there memes. <laughs> find them there my my i was assigned to make the tech memes so let me know if i'm doing good or if they're just shit because if they're <laughs> bad then feedback's great but anyways i put a poll out on my linkedin just kind of to get a feel for this episode and uh kind of some of the topics that we're talking about but So one of the first questions I asked was, uh, would you consider your current industry that you work in to be male-dominated? And I was actually kind of surprised for this because I want to say probably the majority of my LinkedIn following is girls or other women. And from all of the votes, it was 70% considered like their job to be male-dominated. Another one that I was looking or that I was asking about was, uh, have you ever experienced imposter syndrome at your job which i mean i think i can speak for the both of us and say like yes 100% yeah
1: and we were talking about this a little bit beforehand um it's not even just in the workplace it's in the, it, it, you experience it in a lot of other facets yeah. of life too friends family yeah. relationships
0: especially it's tough. especially too with the world is so like out there right now like it like you can look into everybody's lives so i feel like a, a lot of times we hold ourselves to like okay we gotta act like we're doing the same thing
1: everybody else is doing on social media yeah. too i'm sure people putting content and photos and stories or whatever out there that maybe they aren't comfortable with or what normally do yeah but just saying it cause, you know, right it's like it's
0: like on trend or in or- a certain
1: way mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah but i think it was no surprise on this one i got 100 percent. people said yes wow. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think you were saying in one of the cut the shit polls that you had shared, there was a one no. <laughs> there was one no.
1: I'm gonna uh,
0: let me know your secret. I, if you if you truly have never experienced imposter syndrome at your job, let us know. Maybe their finger slipped. Yeah, maybe
1: accidentally. Hit, they were like hit they were no. like mm, yeah well,
0: ah shit, and they can't take it yeah. back.
1: Or they're still going through it right now. And yeah. They said no. <laughs> they're like they're like well never mind <laughs> or yeah we need to know what's the secret yeah, yeah.
0: what's the secret uh because good for you yeah, if you truly amazing. haven't that's awesome amazing and kind of like the last one that i wanted to talk about that i think will get us a good jump into this first part of our episode that we're going to talk about is uh if you work in the tech industry do you currently hold a technical role mm. and this was about 50 50 on ours i i I think for us it was one of those things where I don't well I don't know about you but for me personally I never really expected to kind of fall into this industry.
1: Yeah, I definitely did not. So I feel like an imposter right now actually. It's my first <laughs> podcast speaking of imposter. I'm like this is my first podcast everybody take it easy. Give me uh, come me some slack. We normally
0: we're normally behind the cameras and behind the audio. So now that we're in front uh yeah well we're doing both actually yeah we are so we're running the cameras and we're doing the audio
1: so basically we're better than everybody else yeah. um <laughs> we fake that we're better yeah, better yeah. <laughs> um yeah i so i'll give you a little bit of background i guess on yeah
0: because i i mean personally i haven't heard your like origin story sure so like i would i would love to know kind of how you landed in this industry too
1: yeah so i went to school and i studied journalism or that's what i started when i Mm-hmm. Studying when I first entered college or university, um, and how many? Why don't you backtrack a bit? She said university. Yeah, tell, tell
0: the tell the listeners where you're from. Yes,
1: if you hear any other um, about or out or I don't know what else do I say? That's eh? kind of funny. Eh? A <laughs>
0: I'm just kidding. You never say that. Yeah, I feel like yeah. <laughs> she she loves maple syrup. Yeah, <laughs>
1: only eat. Actually, I dress my salad with maple syrup. All she eats is maple syrup. Uh, she actually sleeps in snow at night. Yes. No. Yeah. I'm so I'm from Canada originally, um, but I've lived in Nashville for for almost four years now. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I've rid of all the lingo and the and the uh, accent, but it definitely comes out here and there. But mm-hmm. yes college here. We call it university in Canada. Like they the do same in thing. The, in we just the, like to pretend we're a little in the bit The European bit nations as yes. well. British university. derived. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I went to school up in Canada's capital, actually, Ottawa, called Carleton University. And I started there as a journalism student. And how the program works is... After your first year, you've got to add either a minor or a double major or something else onto your degree. Right. Um, you know, there's only so much journalism you can teach. So I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if that's where that came from. But went through the first year of journalism, and there was a lot of things I loved about it. Some of what we're doing today, part of it, mm-hmm. um, camera work, audio editing, video editing, mm-hmm. getting behind the camera, um, writing, um, but. The hard news aspect of it just, you know, was not for me. Yeah. So once I entered my second year, I decided to add on communications to my major, um, double major. And and, uh,
0: (laughs) she's really smart, guys. (laughs) And I
1: felt that I could marry a lot of what I learned and would continue to learn because I was still in the program for all four years on the journalism side with the communication side of things, which is, I mean... A huge scope of different things that fall under communication. Oh, yeah. It's marketing, so many things. Mm -hmm. So um, I married those two, graduated, obviously. And then it was kind of one of those things after university or college where I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do. And, but then there's always people around you asking, like, what do you want to do after you graduate? Like, yeah. And you're kind of telling them some of your interests, maybe what you might be interested in. And, um, It was a family member who actually introduced me to my first uh, place of work. So she introduced me to my previous boss, um, and I landed a marketing job with them. Mm -hmm. Um, Was not in IT, though. Um, And how I ended up here is, (laughs) I don't like to give them all the credit, but my now fiancé was living here, and we were Mm. doing long distance for a while. And... um, you know, I was obviously thinking about one day, how can we end up in the right. same place? So it was, I wasn't planning on moving here, actually, as soon as I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was here visiting. And it was sort of the same situation where somebody he knew, knew that I was maybe looking for jobs here in the near future and that I was in marketing. And I got introduced to Brian and Plow. And... Back then, four years ago, you know, their website was had little to nothing on it. So I'm trying to understand, like, what the heck does this company do? Oh, my God. Like, yeah. Like, you know, uh, am I going to be qualified? Yeah. Am I going to want to work at a place like that? But it was kind of one of those things where I was like, you know what? What the heck? Like, if nothing else, experience in an interview, experience getting to know, like, the types of employees here in Nashville. Obviously, I'm not from here. I was just visiting. Right. And... When meeting Brian and Plow, when I met with them or was really with Brian, mm-hmm. our conversation was never technical. You know, right. they were obviously they were looking for a marketing person. Like I said, their website was you know they didn't have much out there at all in terms of marketing. Um, when I first was introduced to them. And we didn't ever have a technical conversation. So while I was entering this interview where I was like, oh gosh, I don't know anything. You thought you were going to need to know about like... What is SCWAN, like routers and switches, like what is fishing and and all this stuff. And it was never a conversation about that. And Mm -hmm. that's something definitely that uh, was endearing. Yeah, exactly. uh, With PLOW and, and working here. It was more so about... We really had like... It was our first ever first like one-on-one meeting. It was definitely very like strategy and goals for the future and what they wanted to see uh, happen in terms of like their marketing and their content. And yeah, it was never technical. So even though obviously eventually I ended up taking the job. Right. And um, spent a bunch of time with, with Brian, Cameron and the team before I did. I was never, I mean, this is probably naive on my part, the like big monster of it behind what plow does right was never something that i felt was in my way because all of the conversations that we had were not like that that. Mm -hmm. yeah they weren't about that obviously that's a huge part of it but the mission and like what the goal of plow marketing since day one has always been like how do we make this really complex thing simple Mm -hmm. so i think it's really it's important to have people like you and i Mm -hmm. where you know, at least from the get-go, maybe we don't know as much on the technical side of things. Right. But to be able to speak to those things more in layman terms because mm-hmm. that's what how we think. Right? right, exactly. So that's like the long, long story. Um Yeah.
0: So you kind of entered into, into this industry kind of by, like you said, like a friend of a friend. You didn't enter your career thinking you wanted to work in tech.
1: No, no. And it was not yeah. something that I had school experience in Mm -hmm. or other experience in um yeah it really was kind of like a fluke yeah and I and I think that that's pretty common I think yeah that's like I feel like it's kind of a cliche thing but a lot of people say this is like you go to school and you study something and you never end up doing what you study
0: oh my gosh a thousand percent when you when you walk out of school I mean unless you went to school to be like a doctor there's no like chains on your career in terms of like industries that you can enter into which is really great and also scary at the same time um that's kind of my way I got exposed to this industry is very similar uh I'm getting my MBA right now and I met Plow through my MBA program I had my interviews with Talia and same story I mean it was great to talk to a non-technical person because I'm entering into this, you know, I'm a business student. I undergrad, got my degree in marketing and management. I'm going to, you know, more school to get more experience. And not one time did I ever learn anything about, like like you're saying, SD-WAN, software, whatever, in school. So in my head, I was like, I have no right to be thinking I could enter into this industry you know and then after our conversation we had I was like you know what it's really not that's not what it's about you know at the end of the day every job that you hold no matter what the industry you're in it's not about necessarily you know the technology it's about the the customer you know what I mean and, and that's what we went to school for taking what we learned in those facets of education and applying that to any industry is something that a lot of I mean anybody can do and I think when we first were you know had this kind of hesitation of entering into the technology industry it it comes from this like stigma that like a lot of people outside the industry look into this industry and see you know what I mean it's like the IT guy the tech guy like they know all the solutions to all of the problems and it's like it really isn't that way like you're an expert in what you do, but that doesn't make you an expert in all things technology.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, there's like so much to that, but mm-hmm. le- from the the get-go of your story, it's like you were applying, we're on the marketing team in mm-hmm. case anybody <laughs> didn't catch that. And uh, <laughs> actually, we, we we create software. <laughs> I'm an engineer. <laughs> um, we are coders. <laughs> if you're interviewing for a marketing role, no matter yeah. what, if it's a technical industry, we're not going to have an engineer come out and interview right. you. You exactly. know, like, that's not what we're hiring you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there is a need for technical people, obviously, right. in the industry, but that's not the role that we are in or other non-technical roles right. are hired to do. You're hired for your expertise in mm-hmm. whatever team you're being hired on, whatever role you're being hired right. on. And luckily for us, on the marketing side of things, yeah your experience in that is more important i think you know than having all the technical things down pat and obviously it's so important how you fit in uh, yeah, with the culture
0: definitely and and i think like looking back on it we now see that but you know fresh out of college and you're looking for your like first or second job it's like you see the words tech associated with something and you think i mean immediately i think like silicon valley i think apple google like these genius minds and mm-hmm. it's like
1: Hey, even we, we are too.
0: <laughs> we're, we're smart in our own right, but even within those companies, you know, like there's people doing non-technical roles, and HR, that's, yeah. like
1: I mean, finance, like yeah. all of the other uh, things, teams business, that are not yeah. right, yeah.
0: And I and I think that's something that isn't really talked about, and I think. The, the main goal with just this first part of the conversation is just to, you know, open the door to anybody interested in getting into a technical space. Uh, there's just so much opportunity in technology. I mean, before we started recording, we were just having a discussion like, it, it's constantly advancing, it's constantly moving forward. It's just from here on out, it will always be a part of business. And so um, there isn't, a discussion normally had about like all of like you were saying you know the finance people the project managers the account managers the copywriters whatever that doesn't get talked about as much but there's so much opportunity within companies that work in this industry to do non-technical
1: roles yeah don't get me wrong I'm not out here saying that uh you can get by knowing nothing, Yeah, you know, but it's okay to not know and to learn. Mm-hmm. And you've got these technical people that you work with that hopefully you have a great like co-worker relationship with that like you can learn from, ask them exactly. questions. They know that for a reason. Yeah. And, you know, you can ask them to help you out. Like I'm the first person I feel like in a room to be like, I don't know what that means. Can you explain yeah. it? Because otherwise I'm not going to be able to do my job if I'm just – Right. Pretending like I know what everybody's talking about, right? Which you know? is, yeah, which is
0: like that that huge imposter syndrome thing, right? And it's like it's okay to be unaware, but it also it's like to be aware that you aren't the expert and to make those questions happen and to have those conversations is like critical because at the end of the day, like we're doing marketing, we got to know something about what yeah. we're selling. You
1: know what I mean? Yeah, in marketing. I think there's more power if you're in a room of however many people and you can get up or raise your hand and ask a question like mm-hmm. and again I guess I'm like the queen of cliche like I I do agree like there's no such thing as a stupid question like yeah sure maybe there's people in the room that think that your question <laughs> is stupid or you know well, how right. don't you know that like it's so obvious but that's because that's you know what they're gonna right um what their expertise is but right I mean it's okay to ask. And that's the only way you're going to get better and more comfortable, you know, in your role and at your job.
0: To talk a little bit more about like, you know, we're talking about tech. We're talking about technology. This is a business (laughs) technology podcast. Uh, And we are two women working in this industry. And I think maybe something that we could speak to a little bit is just maybe some of the things that we've seen or like friends stories or exposures that we've, you know witness it just the sheer like gender gap maybe that exists in technology Mm -hmm. Um, from a standpoint of you know there's less girls that work in tech than men just straight up you know what I mean
1: yeah it's another one of those things that you know in my opinion like the the industry itself shouldn't necessarily be a deterrent yeah Um, we definitely are like maybe three out of the 25 people that work here are females so we are working yeah. with like men on a day-to-day basis but that being said I mean we don't actually really interact we mostly interact with each other right I mean my boss is a, ma- is a male mm-hmm. uh, but other than that we other than on a personal level right we mostly interact with each other so it's too like who's on your team like who are you going to work with mm-hmm. on a daily basis um, but I don't think it should be a deter- deterrent that it's, yeah. a, you know, if an industry is male dominated or not. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. One of the questions that um, we had pulled out was like, do you like feel that your industry and like, regardless if it was technology, th- there was a lot of women who said like, you know, they work in a male dominated industry, which I think kind of just like, I mean, just across the map, probably the majority of industries that exist in business roles are going to be male dominated. And I think uh, technology, especially, has this um, stereotype in terms of like the type of people who work in technology. Especially, just I mean, through media, like you sure. think of you think of the average hacker, and it's like this guy in a, in a basement with like a hoodie right. on, or like the like, nerds. no yeah. offense to the
1: nerds, like yeah, we love sure. the nerds here.
0: But but that to be said, a lot of women start out, you know, being exposed to that stereotype at a young age, and then when it comes time to like choose your career and choose your path Um unless you have like a super big interest in it I think a lot of people kind of deter from that field yeah. because of yeah that. so I was just doing a little bit of research you know before coming into this conversation just because I think we are so new into this industry I mean you've been working in, in it much longer than I have but at the same time like we're fairly young and we've you know haven't been in our careers very long uh so we are by no means the expert of technology like we just said but also women in this industry you know what i mean uh like you said like we are two of what four three people three women four of us four women yeah no there's five there's five five Five, but three mainly in the office sure um who work for tech but like you said we have non-technical roles so speaking to this overarching you know women in tech is not something that we're experts in so i did do a little bit of research and uh the anita b institute found that women make up 28 percent of the tech workforce Mm -hmm. which is i mean fairly low Mm -hmm. in terms of numbers but That being said, there has been like an increase year over year. And I think a lot of that has to do with in terms of education. I think at like you were saying, like younger and younger generations are being exposed to, you know, this is a possibility for you to get into regardless of your gender at a younger age. I know specifically like my high school started doing like a STEM program for girls. Mm -hmm. The fact that Schools are realizing, you know, like we need to start making this accessible to women younger and like maybe having girl only clubs to, you know, encourage just a space of comfort is really uh, something that I think me and you both like to see. Because regardless of the industry, like women supporting other women and holding positions like, you know, board seats or managerial roles, like it helps all of us out, you know, yeah,
1: I think, too, it's just like exposing all of the possibilities Mm -hmm. um, at a younger age. Um, You know, we all finish high school, enter college, and I feel like so many people are like, oh gosh, I don't even know what I want to do. What now? And that's okay because, you know, you figured out along the way. But maybe if you are exposed to it at a younger age, you're able to, you know, get a better idea by the time you do reach that time in your life that, you know, maybe you've had a lot of practice in a STEM program, and so now you know that, like, you want to go into IT or yeah. something. Um, and that's in, like, not just job fields, like, I mean, areas of life in mm-hmm. general that, you know, a lot of people are talking about it now, but they don't talk about when we were in school. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think the exposure is, is is a huge part of it.
0: Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely really big. Um, the women who work in technology in non-technical roles versus technical, which I think you know, the the STEM programs and the education at a younger age helps a lot with that because by the time you graduate college and you enter these entry-level roles, like, you're going to have to have some sort of experience in that field, you know, to, to start your career. And I think a, that helps a lot kind of break down those barriers because, like you were saying, like, if you discover your senior year of college, like, I'm really interested in coding and I'm really interested in all of this, it's like, not that it's too late, but it's going to be a lot harder for somebody who wasn't, who didn't realize they had that opportunity at a younger like age. You're
1: discouraged, maybe. Yeah like, yeah, like it's it's really scary. I think we're on the other side of it too, in a way, because we are in a non-technical role, and I definitely see a lot more in terms of like working with some of our partners and stuff. Women in in non-technical roles, like on the marketing teams or right. on sit sa- in on the sales team, things like that. It definitely is harder to come by like a female engineer yeah or you know female architect um or something like that so we definitely are on like the the other side of the coin i guess where right there is more females in the types of jobs that we work right versus there definitely is less in those other technical roles right so
0: and i mean definitely and i think the main problem is there is a gap you know that exists right now so it's kind of like okay, now that we know that exists, like what can we do about it? You know, because we are on, you know, these non-technical sides, like this gap may be not as evident or existing to us, but Mm -hmm. for women who are, you know, on the, like you said, the engineer side, the software side, you know, they experience this all the time. So Mm -hmm. maybe something to keep in mind, you know, just like a few points to be made is like getting all the way back to that hiring process, uh, and just really understanding the need for diversity. I mean, we talk about it all the time I'm in business. It's like, yeah. like yeah. Like anything, yeah. Diversity is so important, not just in a place of like to meet the standards that a lot of people or a lot of companies are trying to, you know, check mm-hmm. off the box. But like mm-hmm. it truly is important to have people of diverse thought, diverse background, diverse gender, ethnicity, because it brings a perspective to the business that
1: the majority is
0: not like understanding. You know yeah, what I mean. I mean,
1: you're not gonna you're not gonna accomplish a goal to the best of your ability if you just have five people who think the exact same yeah. way. You know, it's it. I feel like I don't know. This seems obvious to me, but maybe it's not to some. Like it's so important to bring perspective in order to like you've got a great idea about how we should do this, and someone else is right. an expert and has a great idea about oh, but we should do it this way, and right. like it's all those opinions that come together Mm -hmm. that, you know, end up making whatever you're trying to accomplish, like be the most successful and the best that it can be. Um,
0: Yeah, I mean, in in a perfect world, you know, a business would reflect what the world looks like, right? And so I think we as an industry, the technology industry can do a lot better about, you know, getting that number instead of 28%, you know, getting it closer to 50%, like that, what's accurate representation of the national population. Mm -hmm. And a few things that I found just based off of research is one of the biggest things is to not just tech in general, I feel like all entry-level roles is like higher based off of like potential rather than, you know, every single competency, you need to check this box to fit the role, which some – like a doctor. You're not going to hire a doctor based off. Oh, I bet gosh. you could be good at this job. <laughs> you know. But for for a role where the there is opportunity to learn. I think that's a something that a, a lot of industries could do better
1: at. You know. Yeah. I mean you can't teach drive. And you can't teach willingness to learn. And exactly. ability to learn. But I mean you can teach a lot of other things. Right. And I think the person and their potential sometimes is more important than. Depending on the role obviously. Yeah then you know do they have x y and z on paper
0: yeah and then like we were talking about earlier because like these you know stem programs are fairly new like a lot of people who are already existing in the workforce wanting to get into these technical roles maybe didn't have that you know exposure to that at those young age or the opportunity to learn that but you know, if you have a candidate who's like, okay, I I really love this organization and, you know, I, I'm ready to learn. And like you said, like I'm eager, like they have drive. Maybe that's something that might be a little bit more important than their like proficiency at X software yeah. at this moment.
1: Yeah, you also don't know till you try. So if you're exactly. not letting young people try things out and try and understand what they like, what they don't like, what they're good at, what maybe they're not so good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are they... How are they ever going to know? I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, literally in 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 every aspect of yeah. life, you know, get at least give them the opportunity, right? Like, <laughs> play every sport you want to play. Figure yeah, out which one you like best, or maybe you don't like sports. You know, like, yeah, on the most layman <laughs> analogy I could make. Hey, but but that's because we aren't tech that's people. That's 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 what I do. Yeah, but we're non technical.
0: And then just another thing. I mean, in terms of biases, we all have unconscious biases that we you know, practice on a day to day basis without even realizing. And so um, one of the things that I found, which I thought was really interesting, was just kind of this like, uh, unconscious bias of like, you know, I'm looking around at my organization, and I'm currently seeing there's, you know, X amount of men to X amount of women. Let's just keep that Like it's working now, let's keep it going. And, and then like new candidates, or however that may work, or, you know, positions of promotion there's already a guy in that spot maybe it makes more sense because everybody's used to it and those are just little things that exist but if there was more conversation to be had about those biases i think that would expose a lot of it and give people the opportunity to realize that because i think a lot of it is unrealized
1: yeah i think it's too just like the responsibility of managers and hires up people like Mm me um you know female or male to Hire people that aren't just like them. I mean, I guess I, you know, Mm -hmm. we are similar, I guess you would say, but, you know, hire more females, hire people that are different than you. Yeah. Um, It really is like a response, your responsibility. Right. Depending on the company, you know, whether that ethos exists in Mm -hmm. terms of the culture and the goings on, like on a day-to-day basis, um, when you are fortunate enough to uh, rise in the ranks, if you will, um, like take that on as your own responsibility. Yeah. see change and you know Mm -hmm. hired people that aren't like every other person that (laughs) works there um and you know what but also hire somebody who's like everybody that works there if they're the best person for the job
0: right so that's the thing and i think a lot of it uh is you know at the end of the day you don't want to hire somebody just to check the box like i was kind of talking about earlier like you want to hire the best candidate for that role but at the same time it's like having awareness that these biases exist, I think is really important, like you are saying, in these like managerial positions and these board member positions because like you're, you're the people making the decisions and you have the power. So yeah. the trickle down effect really happens when, you know, the top, it goes top down in terms of like practice throughout the organization. And then, I mean, lastly, this is something I think all industries are practicing right now, but I mean, specifically, industries that want more women to work for them and you know want to open up that opportunity just having you know this healthy opportunity to you know have flexible work options you know what I mean and I think a lot of companies are doing a great job in terms of like paternal leave being equivalent Mm -hmm. to like maternal leave like that's a great practice to do but just especially with COVID I think we've all realized like the traditional nine to five sitting at your desk in your office isn't necessarily what every single role requires to get your job done.
1: Yeah. Well, the good news is, is if you're trying to enter IT, they should yeah. have no excuse to be <laughs> able to support you to work from home. Um, yeah. It's so important. I mm-hmm. mean, people have lives. Yeah. And, you know, the, part of hiring someone is that you trust them and you trust them to get their job done. Exactly. Whether they're here or there or wherever mm-hmm. um and you know if they don't that'll come through and we'll yeah. figure it out and that's just a learning lesson but yeah I mean especially like you said with mom new moms and dads yeah. like just flexibility I mean I feel like companies need to have that nowadays it's such a like key feature and like the type of place people want to work yeah
0: I mean it it really does benefit everyone party involved you know like people are going to be more productive when they're enjoying their job when they're having that work-life balance and I think specifically for women that's a big draw like when you can see you know you have the opportunity to to both like be a mom and be a successful businesswoman because the company is really supporting you in all facets of life
1: I think too if you're hiring or you're a manager I mean it it just does make your life easier to know that You know, obviously there's a vetting process, but that you trust who you hired to be able to get their job done and you don't need to micromanage them or like, what are you doing right now? What are you doing right now? It really makes your life a lot easier as well. I'm not, I'm not a micromanager. So yeah, yeah, it it does too. And then, you know, you can get your job done because you're not worried about Mm -hmm. what they're doing. Obviously there's some of that you need to worry about what they're doing, Yeah, but um, for the most part, then you can get what you need to get done and, and you trust that they're getting done what they need to get done exactly everybody i mean i think that makes everybody happier oh 100
0: and so i mean those were just a few you know super i feel personally like easy changes that you can make you know within your organization looking towards hiring new potential or promotions or whatever that may be just things to be aware of in the future to really increase the number of women who either you know are sitting in like board member seats or managerial positions or just entry level jobs, you know, having that pool as wide and diverse as possible to assure that you have the best candidate. Um, And so with all that being said, um, women in tech are really important that Mm -hmm. exist right now, especially to help girls in the future, like want to get into this industry. And I think me and you can really speak on the fact that like, we didn't ever expect to be here. But now that we're here, it's like, you know, it is, it is, it really is an industry that exists to help people. Yeah. And it's something that you don't think about. And no. and I think, you know, knowing that what you're doing is making a difference in like other businesses and people's lives is something that's really attractive. So if you're interested in working in
1: the tech industry at large, like just go for it. Yeah. I mean, All that can happen is you say, never mind. And you you pivot and you do something else. You'll still uh, hopefully have learned something. Yeah.
0: I mean, just like with any job, you know, if the, the industry fit isn't for you, then try something new. But if you've been hesitant to maybe enter this industry because of maybe some predisposed thinking in terms of your worth or your, you know, knowledge necessary, or even, even you don't fit the stereotype of that industry, it's like those stereotypes exist to be broken you know what I mean
1: I always feel like when you're when you've been hired for a job back to kind of the imposter syndrome mm-hmm. uh thing it's like they vetted you they interviewed you they've learned as much as they can about you and they still hired you for the job so yeah you're there for a reason even if you there's a bit of a learning curve or you know you feel like so overwhelmed on day one like oh my gosh how am I ever gonna know the ins oh, and outs of this like you know Hopefully they've done a great job. It's their job to mm-hmm. to vet you and pick the best person for for the job, and you should be proud that you know that was you. If you get a job and and you feel like I don't know about this, like mm-hmm. they chose you out of however many other people, right? So you know you're there for believe a Believe in yourself that yeah. you've yeah you're there for a reason, and you brought something to the table that other people didn't. So. Yeah. Well,
0: we got really deep there at the end.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Uh... No,
0: I mean, I, I did the same thing. I mean, I started getting a little emotional there just because like, you know, I mean, we didn't expect to be sitting here yeah, in these sure. roles. And so I think that now that we are, it's like we we want as many people as possible to know, like, this is an industry that you can get into regardless. I mean. You're probably not going to be like a lead engineer if you don't know anything about that. But sure, sure you can sure. work in these non-technical you can still roles. Learn, though. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, it's never too late to learn, and you can hold non-technical roles at technical companies and ju- and be just as successful as you know. Getting your marketing degree and working for an advertising company, you know what I mean. Like their jobs exist in every industry, uh,
1: because they're needed. Yeah, I think too. Like it's important that. If you're looking for a new job or looking for a place to work or if you're a company listening like to have flexibility so if somebody enters you hire them and you know you hire them for a sales role mm-hmm. and they've spent some time working with you and they've got to learn a little bit more maybe but the engineering side mm-hmm. of things like if you believe in them to learn right and like allowing for a pivot like if they want to they're like look i'm super passionate about engineering now I don't know from sales to engineering that's a little bit <laughs> but uh-huh. like, maybe it always kind of existed but you know in what brain. I'm saying yeah. allowing like them an opportunity mm-hmm. whether it's outside of the workplace like to learn and maybe yeah. like they like just the opportunity to pivot like yeah um if you enter for one thing and end up deciding that you want to explore or pursue a different avenue like a company that affords that I feel like is a huge oh a
0: thousand percent So Brian always likes to wrap up the episodes with a little fun game. So I think today we're going to, you know, keep on theme with his antics and play a little (laughs) game of would you rather. But we're going to do a work version. I'm ready. So we're going to do would you rather questions for coworkers. Would you rather work 80 hours one week and have the next week off or 40 hours for a week spread across seven days, including the weekends for two weeks? Oof. That's a kind of a tough one.
1: An an 80 hour week sounds I feel like work life yeah. Work life harmony, work life balance is the better <laughs> the better approach than the hard 80 hours. That's a lot. That sounds like yeah I mean,
0: I didn't go to school to be a doctor, so I'm not working 80 yeah, hours. Yeah,
1: I I <laughs> I would do the 40 hours over 70. I think so too. Okay. Here's kind of an
0: interesting question. Would you rather be the CEO of a company or another executive?
1: What other executive? I probably would be another executive just because I mean you could be I'm, like the CMO. The, I was gonna say something more like in my field of what I'm doing. The CEO would title. just be a
0: scary amount of it's pressure. A lot of stress. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. You never know though. Yeah. You never hey,
0: you can do anything you yeah. want. You're the world is your oyster. Yeah. <laughs> okay here's kind of a this one's kind of lame but would you rather work in a big city or a small town if you could have the same job at both places i am a big city girl yeah, for sure same yeah i mean i got out of arkansas for well, a there reason. you go <laughs> <laughs> shout out arkansas shout out arkansas if you've never been it's all right you don't don't worry about it if you like, have if you're, you're from like arkansas, hi dad yeah hi, hi mom hi dad, mom, hi, dad. 479 gotta rep it (laughs) okay anyways um okay this one's kind of interesting because i don't know about your previous job that you talked about but would you rather work for a small company or a very
1: large company the last company i worked for i would say it was like a mid-sized company but i i love working at a small company Yeah. yeah i really do yeah i mean i've worked at
0: a very large corporation and this it's just is so better. different. <laughs> I mean, it's just so it's a, different. It's a lot, it's a lot different and it's a lot. I mean, I, I don't even think they're comparable, honestly. Yeah. Okay. Would you rather come in late to work and leave late or come in early
1: and leave early? Early. Yeah. I'm such an early person. I just am not a work till six type of gal. Yeah. My brain like sometimes shuts off once it gets a too dark mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean not that six o'clock is dark yet but yeah. in the winter yeah early it's for
0: sure. damn near dark at six here <laughs> <Yeah>. now <laughs> early for sure also because we're like should be east coast time but we're not right it gets dark at like 5 30 in the right. winter here yep not expecting that when i moved here get okay. used to it <laughs> would you rather be the oldest person in the office or the youngest Ooh, that's kind of interesting because i feel like we're about the same age as everybody here E- well who like we are yeah. around in yeah the vicinity of i our feel seats.
1: like every year i find myself being like older than others whereas when i started i was one of the youngest and i'm like damn that's um, how aging works yeah wow well, you're right <laughs> time the concept of time <laughs> you said
0: that's every year i find myself being a little older
1: <laughs> no but like you know I we know tend to you hire young people yeah. because i don't know i feel like the fresh perspective of young people is the way to go um oftentimes but yeah you know they're the new hires are still staying young and i'm just like getting a little bit older um <laughs> i think I would rather be the youngest same
0: um but it's it,
1: uh, uh, a hard question. it's kind of hard
0: because like then when you're the youngest i feel like you're kind of like i don't know you don't know the vibe as well like when you're all when you're older you can kind of joke with the young person but when you're the young you can't really joke with the old person
1: yeah i'm still gonna go youngest yeah same
0: i mean i'd always rather be younger than older
1: mm-hmm I never want to be ringed, But apparently it's inevitable now yeah. that we've just learned the concept of <laughs> time. If anybody
0: can figure out how to slow down time, let us know. Okay, well, I think that's a good place to wrap up this episode. So in two weeks, Brian will be back with another episode for you guys. And we will be behind the cameras in that episode. So we hope to see you then. And until then, make sure to go follow us on Instagram. We are just at Plow Networks on Instagram. We are new to Twitter. We are at Shit underscore pod on Twitter and then of course follow us wherever you get your podcast if you could leave a rate and a review that would help us out a lot
1: and if you if you like watching over listening you can watch all of the podcast episodes on youtube as well and let us know if you like this episode we can always come back for guest appearances behind the mic <laughs> um we're always open to your guys's feedback you can drop us a line um, at marketing at plow.net or just dm us on any of our socials if you got suggestions for episode topics guest speakers um just comments or feedback what you like what you didn't like we're always we're always open to that
0: yeah and uh if you're still if we've given you all of those apps and you still can't find us uh like brian's kids say you can google that shit and you'll find it for sure so we will see you guys in two weeks with the next episode of cut the shit bye bye